0: Welcome to Defense Against the Dark Arts. This is Paul Meal, and today we're going to be talking about the mental aspects of manipulators, mani- manipulation, manipulation. Um, one of the most common things that a, a manipulator will do is they'll try to embarrass you. Uh, they'll try to bully you, but when they embarrass you, it'll be in public. It'll be in front of others, in front of people that you care about what they think. That's, it's more to embarrass you in private. This is not very productive. I mean, I mean, they might try that as well, but it'd be, uh, generally to be, try to be as public or in front of many people as possible. And, uh, they'll, they'll bully you. They'll try to, uh, badger you into, uh, into not allowing you to have any personal space. You know, if, if, if you don't have any personal space, it's harder to control your frame of mind you know and critically your emotions so that leads to emotional manipulation and uh a a tool that a manipulator will use is to try to get you into a heightened emotional state uh it, it makes our you harder to employ logic when your brain is in a uh an emotional frame of mind you <clears throat> when your brain is in an emotional frame of mind it's like you uh You have a harder time to think logically. So that is a valid tool. You don't want people to think logically when you're trying to manipulate them. You want them to think emotionally. So it's harder for them to, you know, defend against the manipulation. Right. Of course. So, uh, fear and anger are usually the two most powerful emotions, fear, anger. Um, you know, uh, contentment is, is a pretty good emotion. I guess if that's emotion, is that even an emotion, even, even a positive emotion, uh, can be used to manipulate you. Uh, they use love bombing, which is when a group uh fishes for a target or maybe they they see vulnerable targets, you know, that are seeking affection or you know emotionally vulnerable, they'll uh, they'll offer unconditional affection, right? And 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 uh, reinforcement. Uh they'll they'll show great interest in the target. Oh, you know, all their, their personality flaws will be ignored, right? And, and th- they'll shower the target with, you know, great, great attention, right? If, if somebody's craving attention, they'll give them attention, right? Or if someone's craving someone to agree with them, they'll give them, oh, I agree with you. Everything you say is so right, right? Or, or you know, whatever, whatever the flaw is or the, the, the vulnerability, you know, uh, they'll, they'll give it out right and 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 they'll they'll you know it doesn't take much to assess if people are craving attention or if people are craving somebody to agree with them or or you know whatever it, it could be any kind of thing like that you know or you know a lot of uh, neglected kids i guess you know you see this a lot with the you know, the, the parents are out working and you get the daughters with the, uh, the father complex or whatever. And I think a lot of that has to do with not giving them enough attention, right? So they'll seek out to rebel against their parents or their father, right? The, whatever that father syndrome thing is, daddy issues or whatever. And so I think they do that. And and it's a lot of times people can, manipulators can suss those, those vulnerabilities out pretty quick. So they see that they hook it, reel it in, you know what I mean? And, uh, And, uh, they got her. So typically like what cults would do or will do is, uh, they'll, they'll hand, they'll hand out all this unconditional affection and, you know, reinforcement to a vulnerable, vulnerable target. And then they'll start retracting it and pulling it back. And the target will be like, well, what happened? You know, I, I want that affection like a dog. You know, when you put the dog on the, on the head, the dog comes to you, well, where's where, how come you're not rubbing my head? I want you to rub my head right? So they'll, they'll do that and then they'll retract until the target starts doing what they want. And this is where the manipulation comes. It starts, then they start, well, that's the carrot. The carrot is the affection and the attention and the agreeing with what you say, right? We'll agree with you and we'll do this stuff. They don't literally say that, but that's the deal. They'll do that and, and start pulling it back and dishing it out if you do what they want you to do. And, you know, that's, that's the the starting of the, the cult-like manipulation, right? And, uh, it's pretty extreme. I know if, again, with Pavlov stuff, I don't know how, how accurate his assumptions were, but you know, uh, Pavlov apparently reprogrammed a dog's, you know, brain by destroying them emotionally and rebuilding them to the, to the new conditioning to the point where the dogs you know, forgot all their old former training. So this, this might transfer over to people. Maybe it transfers over to some people, maybe it transfers over to some people who are vulnerable. Maybe, you know, it's, I'm sure it's varied because every individual is unique, right? And not everything works on any, everybody. So, but that's sort of the premise of the whole, that, that concept. And if it, if it works, you, you might be able to change a human's core beliefs to the exact opposite of what they, they once believed, right? So that's pretty spooky if it's, if it's actually a thing, but, uh, so if you see someone who radically, or if you notice that yourself <laughs> you're starting to radically change your views on something, then maybe, you know, you're being manipulated. Maybe there's something up, right? Maybe why am I thinking the exact opposite of what I was thinking? Or if you talk to somebody who you haven't spoken with in a, in a while and either they or you, one of you, you know, you notice the, the other person is totally different, has totally different beliefs now, or, or, you know, different perspective on things. You know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they were wrong before and now they're, they're, uh thinking right, but, or maybe it's, they've been manipulated and, uh, are, you know, been conditioned to be the exact opposite by some, you know, nefarious, uh, force. <laughs> but like I said before, you know, any, any emotion can be used and, uh, and, and love bombing, the things you can watch out for is if people are touching you a lot, <clears throat> especially now in the COVID years, the COVID era. But, uh, what they used to do is they would do a lot of physical touching, you know, or sharing intimate thoughts, stuff that's a you know, and, and your, your alarm bells should go up, you know, not that if somebody touches you, you know, some cultures like uh, the Spanish speaking world, they're very touchy people. They'll, you know, touch you on the shoulders and rub your arms and, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just how the, they interact. they are more physically social people, generally speaking, like from Central and South America, whereas people in, in, you know, North America generally standoffish like don't touch me <laughs> you know what the fuck are you doing touching me kind of thing. Right? Whereas that culture they're more touchy. So it depends on, you know, exactly where you are. Like if you're down in, you know, uh Venezuela and somebody comes up to you and they're starting to, you know, they pat you on the shoulder, they rub your shoulder, hey man, how's it going? You know, that that's normal. That's what they all do, right? But in love bombing they do this. They'll they'll physically touch, you know, try to get more uh, contact, um constant validation you know, saying you're so great, you know, uh, you're better than everyone else, you know, Uh, you're appreciated, you know, we want to hear what you got to say. And, you know, and and that's, so when you hear people saying that stuff, you know what a baseline is because you've been around, unless you're very young and you don't, but uh, you've been around long enough to know that, you know, there's a baseline of people, you know, wanting to hear what you got to say or not wanting to hear what you got to say. Right. And uh, if somebody's like really interested in what you got to say, then, or, you know, more so than normal, then the alarm bell should be going up, right? So, uh, not to say that everybody that validates you or is interested in what you're saying is trying to brainwash you because maybe you are saying something interesting, but, uh, and everybody does it every once in a while, but, uh, you know, excessive validation is not, so be wary. So, uh, an appeal to emotion is the, is the most common, uh, tactic for, for a manipulator emotions, Right. And so like we already talked about like love bombing and stuff like that, but <clears throat> if you think about some propaganda things that have happened that you may not know were propaganda, and I wasn't even sure about it at the time, but there's this famous photo of a dead child face down in the water. Well, that apparently was staged. Yes, it was a dead kid, and yes, the kid probably drowned or whatever, but the kid wasn't in the water. They apparently dragged the kid from the beach down into the water and put them face down to take the picture, like to try to get you emotionally riled. And you're thinking, holy cow, people are doing that. You know what I mean? Like it's desecration of a, you know, human remains kind of thing. But if this is actually what happened, you know, manipulators are pretty disgusting people. Like, I mean, there's, there's good humans and there's some really disgusting humans. And, uh, if that's the case, I mean. Well, you could judge for yourself. Maybe you don't care. You'd like, yeah, yeah, drag a dead kid, throw it face down in the water for, you know, to push my cause. That's, that's a valid thing. Maybe in your psychopathic world, that is a, a valid thing. But, uh, if it is, you're a fucking psycho. Um, another thing is to think of like teacher's unions. Teacher's unions will always talk about, you know, a teacher's union is there for who? The teachers. That's why it's called the teacher's union. And they'll often say, you know, in their science, oh, it's for the children. Well no, the teachers union is for the teachers. It's not the children's union. they don't give a shit about the children. If the teachers want to raise or, or more time off, you know that is not benefiting the kids. That's just benefiting the teachers because that's what the union is doing. for them to say anything other than what was is true, they're liars for the children. I find that offensive. When I see teachers unions or they're marching, oh, we're out here for the children. I want to raise for the children. I want more time off for the children. Give me a fucking break. And yet there it is pretty obvious on the face of it. And all these people are like, oh, the teachers are so good. Oh, you know, we've all been to school. We know there's some good teachers and there's some shit teachers. But I mean, Jesus Christ, to lie and manipulate like that is that is wrong. Uh, Another common emotion that is used very often is fear. Fear is very powerful, you know. And like the world is going to end unless you do what we say, or a lot of these hedge fund guys who go on, and the news repeats the the manipulative expressions or the the what these hedge fund guys and these investors say. Oh, uh, this stock is going to drop to zero. Like any, you know, it's going to drop to zero. Really. Oh, it's going to drop to zero. Chicken Little, the sky is falling. This stock is going to drop to zero. Meanwhile, those guys just invested, you know, a couple hundred million on put options, hoping that the stock goes down. And if there's no other reason for the stock to go down, you know, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, that is pretty manipulative and, and you'll see these guys on there, these chicken littles, and you know, they're not really concerned. They're not scared about the, the sky falling. They want the sky to fall because they're banking on it. They just invested hundreds of millions, maybe billions on that stock going down on their, on their options. And so they'll go on and the news will glibly, happily have these guys like they're experts. Oh, listen to this expert telling are you Stupid people to, you know, sell because this stock is going to go down. It's going to zero. Really? It's going to zero. It's going to zero. Better sell so that the markets drop, so that these hedge fund cocksuckers can move in and buy the shares low. Well, make tons and tons of money, and you stupid morons bought every every word of it. So, along with uh, you know, uh appeals to emotion, which is a logical fallacy, you know, faulty reasoning. Um another common fallacy used by manipulators, I've talked about this before, but this is like probably the most common one you'll see in a lot of different places is the the false choice, the either or, the black and white. They give you two options implying that there are only two choices when in fact there could be a million different choices. It could be a whole different varieties. And that is so common. Like, which political party do you support? You know, that's a good example. Well, maybe you don't support any of the political parties. And maybe if you're, you're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Critical. If you're critical of a pro of 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 something that a politician did or a political party did, that doesn't mean automatically that you support the other political parties. That means you're calling out those guys for what they did. You don't like what they did. Right? So that's the either or thing. So they'll use this either or logic on morons to say, well, look, if they're, if they're, uh, if they're, uh, critical of party a, they're only saying that because, you know, they must be supporters of party B and they're just partisans. You know, this is a tactic used by party a to try to hide their shenanigans and their and their corruption because, you know. If a stupid person's watching this argument and they're like, holy shit, that's a normal person and he's calling them out on some of the corruption, but the defense is say, oh, this person isn't calling out my corruption. They're just slinging mud at me because they're actually supporters of party B, even though that person isn't a supporter of party B. This is a very common tactic used by politicians and their useful idiot supporters to try to drown out uh, dissenting voices or anybody critical of what they're doing, right? Because they don't want criticism because they don't want to man up and be responsible for what they're doing. So what do they do? They try to silence and and uh, remove the voices or uh what's the word I'm looking for? To uh god damn it, get a brain fart. Demonize. <laughs> yeah, so they'll try to demonize any voices of criticism by, you know, trying to give It's almost like a straw man. They're saying that person is a supporter of party B. That's why they're doing it. And that is another thing that's very common is they talk about motivations of other people. You see this in the news all the time. And it's always used by manipulative scumbags that, oh, that person did that because of this. You know, they're doing this because of that. I know their motivations. Do you know their motivations? Are you psychic? You can read their mind. You know why they're doing that or why they're saying that. And they'll tell you, yeah, they'll assert these things with no basis in the news, in headlines. Person did this because they were motivated by this. Really? How do you know why or how they were motivated? They don't know how they were motivated yet. They just assert it because they're trying to manipulate you. And that is like, so if you, it's a, it's an easy tag. If you see hear somebody say, or in the news, in the headlines, if they say motivation at all, or if they even imply motivation, if they'll just say, you know, this person did this because, or they were motivated by this or whatever. When you see the word motivated. You can automatically think, how do they know what that person was thinking? How do they know what they were motivated by? Were they motivated because they were critical of that political party or they motivated because they're a member of the other political party? Chances are, you know, and and the media is, uh, chances are, I mean, it's, it's, there, there are actually are people who are motivated by, you know, uh, being members partisan by being members of the other party, but that is not a valid, logical defense against anybody who's critical of your party. So. A variant to to a the either or logical fallacy is when they give you multiple options. Like, say, they'll say, you know, it's A, B, C, or D. And meanwhile, there's, again, there's E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, all the way to Z, right? But they only give you the options that are either supportive of what they're trying to say or trying to uh, discourage you from agreeing with something else. They'll give like five five things that are wrong, five cons against, you know, that concept. Meanwhile, there's a million much greater pros for that concept, but they're not even mentioning them. They're just showing the cons or they might even assert false cons or they'll, they'll, so they give you multiple choices and they either are for or against whatever thing they're trying to push. So, you know, I don't want to complicate this too much, but if, if it's for something, they'll give you only the choices that support. What they're, what they're arguing and they're, they're, they won't even mention the, and that's the whole point of voices of dissent because the voices of dissent or critically voices, people who are critical will bring up those points and a manipulator doesn't want you to hear the points. So this is, this is one of the reasons why people want, why manipulative people want to crush voices of dissent and want to censor voices because they might mention things that the manipulator doesn't want you to think about. They might bring up points that any thinking person, you know, it's easy to miss stuff, right? That's why you're in groups and people coming up with ideas, you know, like one person says, oh, yeah, that's such an obvious thing. How come we all didn't notice that? Right, So you need that one voice, you need those voices of dissent. And for anybody who tries to promote censorship or shutting down voices or against free speech, these people all have something to hide. They're all trying to manipulate us. So anybody who argues against free speech, anybody who argues against like this, these are traditional liberal values. And in Canada, the liberal party, now the liberals are all against The traditional liberal values—they're all for censorship. They're all for censoring the internet. They're all for trying to license people to be able to say what they want to say on the internet, right? So this is this is alarm bells are ringing in Canada about our government that is so corrupt. It is so—they're trying to hide and censor and control. It's a total. It's like a. You know, I, you know, I think, you know, maybe Nigeria or one of these countries in Africa probably are less corrupt, you know, than and then the Canadian government, they're less dictatorial, you know, like it is ridiculous. This, the, the, the comments that are coming out of the Canadian government, you know, and then the American government now, Joe Biden, just as bad. You know, it's all about censorship, control, you know, the, the establishment wants you to buy silver. Right to save the hedge fund, guys. None of the you know radical investors want you buying, you know, they're not grouping together and saying that yet. All the news media will gather together in one cabal and all say the same lie at the same time. How is that? How did they all get together and say the same lie on the same day if they're not united? A united front, I mean, one reporter might say a lie, you know, and, and once. Yet all the other networks are all saying the exact same lie, like how they're saying, I'm talking about, I don't know how, when people will be watching this video, if anybody does, but it's, they're, they're talking about the news and all the major US networks talking about, oh, the, uh, the Reddit, uh, investors are telling the rebel Reddit investors are telling everybody to buy silver. No, they're not. You go onto that page, they literally are saying, do not buy silver. It's a trap. You know, it's, it's a bailout for the hedge fund guys that we're actually going after who are shorting, right? So they're doing the short squeeze, trying to, you know, stop these hedge fund guys from raking in tons of cash, you know, by pushing down or, you know, breaking in on the, the, the death of these corporations, right? I mean, anyways, the thing is don't listen to the news. I mean, listen to the news. And, and watch it with a critical eye and, uh, and try to go to the sources. That was another thing too. And when, when Trump first came out, I would hear people, the news, CNN or whatever, saying what Trump said, or, you know, this is not just Trump, but any politician, they'll say what the politician said. Well, you have cameras there. Why don't you show us what the politician said, because. 99% 99% of the time, they never say exactly what the politician said. They'll take it out of context and they'll say it, they'll frame it in a different light. They'll put accents on different words and, and it's not even close. So I used to, I used to sit there and watch the entire, cause most of the stuff's available on CPAC or whatever, you know, you could see the actual, used to be when you're allowed to, anyways, you, you could see what these politicians are actually saying. Sometimes you get, you know, play it in two times speed or whatever, but. And you listen to what they're saying. And and in context, they're saying nothing like how the news distorts it Uh, when they say what the president said or what they say, what this person says, or what they say, what that person's motivation was. They don't know they're lying. They're being deceptive. They're distorting. And, uh, I mean, so you really got to watch out for these guys when they're saying what other people said. So that's just another general guideline. So when, when these guys make, when people manipulators make assertions a lot of the time, depending on which scenario it's in. Uh, a lot of times they'll do this crafty thing. I don't know if there's a name for it, but they, they make an assertion and there's many layers deep of this assertion that of garbage, like, uh, they'll try to get you to argue on a higher layer of crap. So they'll, they'll make an assertion, you know, that you gotta, you gotta unwrap, right? You gotta do a deep dive. You gotta dig into it because there's actually five layers of assertions built on top of each other that are all wrong. And it's all deceptive. So then at the very last one, you're arguing the top one. Like you think about, um, like South Africa, what happened there with, uh, the Gupta brothers, you know, white people are responsible for repressing black. It's the same thing you hear about it. this. The same line is used. And I think it's, I think it's tied with, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the hedge funds, the banks, the, uh, the market manipulators. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows, I'll, I'll give a brief background on the story. Um, there's a group of brothers, uh, called the Gupta brothers. I think they were from India. And, uh, they were involved apparently in a massive, uh, corruption with, in South Africa, with the South African president, Jacob Zuma. And, uh, they were going through, they're utilizing his son, Jacob Zuma's son, I guess, as a, uh, a third party to protect possibly Zuma, sort of like in the style of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, you know, uh, that kind of deal. So anyways, uh, these guys were so corrupt and they were worried about, People, I guess, starting to notice their corruption. They were just taking tons. They got all these companies and they were taking all kinds of money, you know, apparently, allegedly, whatever, from, you know, the South African, uh, people through the government. And, uh, so to hide their, their corruption that was so blatant, they hired a PR firm from, uh, from England called Bell Pottinger. And this was back in 2017. So I don't know how many years they were, you know, corrupt leading up to this point or whatever, but... So this Bell Pottinger came up, this PR firm in the UK, who was hired by these Indian brothers, the Gupta brothers, for their corruption to hide the corruption in South Africa, right? Decided to use uh, division between whites and blacks. We need to divide people. We need to put a wedge between white people. We need to put a uh, wedge between you know white and black people, and try to get you know one group to blame the other for you know whatever fan any type of racism, you know, for blacks against whites or whites against blacks. You know, if anybody feels like they've been, will fan those flames and, and say, yeah, it's right. They are, Ooh, you know, it's anyway. So eventually a bunch of, <clears throat> they, 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 came up with this plan, this policy, they came up with this campaign and they, and they actually started doing it and they were, I don't know how long they were doing this campaign for the bell pottinger, the UK firm, uh, putting, spreading sowing the seeds of division between whites and blacks in South Africa, uh, under president Zuma to help hide the corruption, corruption of the Gupta brothers who were using the president's son as a third party to sort of protect the president, uh, you know, allegedly. So, I mean, uh, so eventually a, a pile of documents and emails were leaked, like overwhelming evidence and uh so the guptas fled to i think it was saudi arabia they you know they took the money and ran and uh the firm the uk firm uh, bell pottinger went belly up And, uh, you know, cause the public heard of this egregious campaign, you know, that has never happened before or since, you know, and of course the, the global establishment was shocked, you know, aghast, you know, who would ever thought, you know, division between whites and blacks as a PR campaign could be used to hide corruption. (gasps) Heaven forbid. Right. So today, you know, that was like, what, three, four years ago. Today, the Gupta brothers still in business, right? I think they have businesses in Canada to today and the ANC, you know, the, the president's you know, corrupt, the corrupt, allegedly corrupt president's party is still running South Africa into the ground, right? And PR firms are all still out there pumping PR, right? And there's still this narrative today, you know, around the world, um, of division between whites and blacks. It's in North America. It's all over the place, but, uh, you know especially when you see this in 2008 uh when there was the the market crash and people were protesting on wall street uh and then all of a sudden wham all this pr firm stuff apparently parent pr firm uh you know the news useless scumbag media started blabbing and, and saying all this crap all at the same time all you know talking about you know, white supremacy, uh, white people are responsible for repressing the, the black people, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, what are the, what are the, a lot of the other keywords, you know, uh, Islamophobia and all this stuff. They love to sh- all these things out, you know, division between religions, races, uh, homophobia. The, the, these are the things they all start any phobias. Right? And phobia is actually an irrational fear. And, uh, anyways, so. The, the they'll push all these these racist things, you know, attacking white people and, you know, and, and, oh, victimhood, you're a victim, right? Don't get mad at the banks. Don't pay attention to what's going on on Wall Street. You're, being, you're a victim, right? You're a victim. Whatever you are, we're going to use intersectionality and try to paint you down into some little pigeonhole. And then we're going to say you're a victim because of, you know, the color of your skin. Or you're guilty for something that you didn't do because of the color of your skin, right? So... I mean, you think of that expression, white people are responsible for repressing black people. Now, how many different levels? So if you try to argue that you're arguing, are white people actually responsible for uh, repressing black people? The first assumption is that white people are actually repressing black people. Now, a lot of white people out there I'm sure are, are looking or are watching this video. Maybe not, maybe there's nobody watching this video, but are you repressing a black person? Are you doing anything to repress? Anybody based on their skin color? I'm pretty sure you're not. And so you could think one level deeper. All right. So what is the definition of white or black? I mean, how, what shade of skin do you become white? What shade of skin do you become black? How dark do you need to be before you're called black? How light do you need to be before you're called white? And, you know, does it matter what your genetics are? You know, so who are these, you know, what, what if you're, what if you have a white parent and a black parent? You know, just what color shade of skin do you have? What if you appear white? Are you responsible if, if your sibling has darker skin? So now you're responsible for, you know, repressing your, your sibling? That's literally, like, this is what's going on, right? Further to that, it's are all black people, however you define that, are they a monolithic oneness? Are they all the same? They all share the same values and all white people, however you define that, are they all the same and they all have the same values? So, you know, like all, all, uh, you know, all the wars in the history of Europe, you know, those people all agreed with each other. They all have the same values, right. Or, or all wars in Africa, you know, they all agreed with each other because they all had the same values. You know, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous to, to think that everybody of the same shade of skin, but what about all the shades in between? (laughs) I mean, how do these people fit it? You know, is it binary? Are you white or black? And there's there's some kind of dividing line. What if you're not white or black, you know, is it just non white? So therefore, if you don't appear white, then you're black or, you know, how do they define it? You know, they come up with all these fabricated, uh, fabrications about you know what what somebody's you know what somebody is what you are what somebody else is you know they are defining what you are based on their definitions you're not defining what you are they're defining what you are based on their definitions that they create right so this is another layer deep right and and it's 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 clearly not the case that you know uh people are are monolithic collectives you know you go to uh you gather you know, a million, well, they're saying all white people. So you gather all the white people on the planet or people with lettuce shade, however you define white people, and, you know, do they all agree? they have the same values? Obviously not. You gather all the people that they, however they define black, however they define it, you put them all together, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people. Do they all agree? Do they all have the same values? Obviously not, right? This is ridiculous, right? Yeah, this is what's being pushed by, you know, these morons and what's worse than this is is this is being pushed by a lot of the you know uh the social groups you know the social scientists social justice people and anybody who has anything to do with you know social should be aware that you know every individual is unique every person on this planet is unique you know two siblings are not the same you know two two twins they have different experiences you know, they understand different concepts at different times, they have different perspectives. They are different people, they're unique, right? Every human is unique. Yet for some reason they want to pile people into collectives and say they're all the same. Yet they know they're not all the same. So they must be experiencing some kind of a cognitive dissonance going on there when they realize, when they argue everybody's unique, every person's the same. But then there's 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 a there's a special a special asterisk when you talk to these people because they're so irrational and they're insane is that, okay, so my battery died there. So I had to, uh, restart here. So what was I talking about? A lot of people don't want to be responsible for their, their own bad decisions. And it's easy to manipulate those people into blaming another group for whatever, whatever's going wrong in their life. Hitler did this right and a lot of other people will do this they'll say blame them blame the whoever the group right blame that collective for your what's going wrong in your life if you're black and you're living in chicago and you got problems blame that that white farmer from northern canada he's responsible <laughs> right that is that's literally what hitler did like he didn't say farmers in canada but you know if you got something wrong in your life blame the jews That's what, that was Hitler, what he's doing. And these people are literally doing the same thing, but they're replacing white people for Jews, some generic, you know, blame white people, you know, and, and if you think about it, it's, you know, if a kid born 10 years from now, right, they're responsible for what some unnamed person may have, or perhaps didn't even do, you know, decades ago, right, because the, the accusations, the assertions are never that specific. They're very generic, you know, like white people are responsible for repression of black people. Okay, what white people, what repression, what black people, when, what incident? No, 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 no. You never get details. It's always generalities. And right. So some, some poor kid born 10 years from now is going to be guilty of something that somebody may or may not even have did decades ago. Like, think about that. Literally. Some kid who hasn't has not even been born will be responsible and guilty of something that may or may not have happened. We don't know. It's generic. It's just some generalized ooh, right? This is this is literally what's being pushed. Now, of course, are there differences between people? Absolutely. Every single person is unique. You know, but are there groups of people? Sure, there's groups of people, you know. Are we genetically different? Yes. You know, you could take DNA tests to find out generally, you know, your ancestry, right? So yeah, there are broad strokes. There are different types of people, right? There's people who have different traits, no doubt, right? But that doesn't mean that anybody is responsible for something that somebody else did simply because of the color of their skin. You know, this is ridiculous, you know? And, you know, you think about humans. Are humans, and what is, and you, know, you start getting into these definitions of what is, what is this, what is white, what is black, you know? What about all the infinite number of humans, right? There's billions of different types of humans, right? So is it black and white? No, there's, there's gradients, you know, even you think traditionally you go back maybe a thousand years, right? There is a sort of a general type of person, you know, in this point, if you put the marker there and then as you move your marker across the planet, the people will gradually change from one you know, generalized group of people to another generalized group of people. Like if you think you try like Northern Europe, if you went from Northern Europe and you went across the north of, you know, Siberia to China, you'd see, uh, the, the appearance of the people would generally start looking more and more Chinese, right? And then to you get to the East and they look, you know, stereotypical Chinese, right? So same thing if you you know, head South, you know, people start looking slightly different and then you 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 know, in the modern day and age with travel, this has all been thrown up in the air. Right. So if you, most people don't, you know, uh, marry somebody who's, you know, grew up, you know, a hundred kilometers away, you know, they I mean, from some other tribe or, you know, some local type of tribe, you know, it's our parents typically are, or, you know, came from vastly different areas. Right. And so the genetics are a lot more mixed up. And so now this whole concept of calling people white and black, well, who are these people coming up with these definitions? Right These are the, the racist, woke bigots who are trying to divide people by whatever, whatever category they can you know, be it race, gender, you know, now sexual orientation, all this stuff, any kind of subdivision that they can come up with, they're going to pigeonhole, put people in those groups, and they're going to say everybody that fits in that group is the same, and they are equally oppressed or they equally oppressors. right? This is ridiculous it's you know especially, uh, at the same time they're globalists you know pushing this whole thing you know the the, the, con- the contradictions are through the roof if you think should a person's dna uh, be relevant to them being guilty or innocent or repressed no obviously not your dna is not relevant right you know people a person can identify you know, as as any culture they like, you know, or wherever culture they happen to grow up or when they move into, right? Uh this has no impact on their on their genetics. Right? So culture and genetics are not the same thing, right? But still the the woke bigots of uh of Wall Street and the establishment, you know, the the the, the postmodern woke bigot tools of Wall Street and the establishment, you know, are, are pushing division. Intersectionalism and dividing people into as many categories as they can, you know, it's, it's racist, it's sexist, it's woke bigotry, and it's being pushed on our kids at, you know, schools and universities today. And this clearly, you know, our, our schools aren't teaching our kids to be leaders. They're teaching our kids to be, you know, uh, useful idiots for the establishment you know, for Wall Street and whoever else is, you know, pushing their agendas, right? Who's ever got the money, I guess? Who's ever got the, the billions? You know, if you think about it, blaming millions of people as being responsible for anything simply because of the color of their skin or their genetics is not a path that the world wants to go down. Not the path that the people of the world want to go down. Yet it is still being this bigoted hate is being pushed by the soft sciences, by, you know, woke intersectionalists, and they're using manipulative techniques to to do it. The statement, you know, white people are responsible for black, repressing black people. You know, it also, this also implies, it asserts that black people are even being repressed in Western society. You know, you know show me data that shows you know, uh, systemic racism against any minority in the Western world, systemic racism. In fact, it's, it's contrary, you know, in Canada, uh, if you're, I don't know how they even work this, do you have to identify as a black or do they assign whether you're black or not, but you're given opportunities, business loans and, and business handouts. If you are, I don't know how you're categorized as black. Do they like, can I identify as black? (laughs) I don't know Well, if for whatever vetting purposes, they identify you and categorize you as black, uh, you get business loans and, and, and government handouts that are not available to people who they don't determine are, are black, like whites. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this can serve no purpose other than being divisive and, and it's, it's racially discriminating. Okay. Black's not a race. All right. What do you want to call it? <laughs> Right. The term racism is means, you know, discriminating in the modern context it's it's being discriminated against people based on their skin color. That's what racism is. That's what we talk about races. You know, even if, you know, scientifically it's not a race there's the human race. All right. So the term racism, you want to come up with a new term, we can come up with a new term. Discrimination against somebody based on their skin color, which is against the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and yet this is literally what the Trudeau government is doing. It's giving handouts and business Uh, handouts to uh, or, or programs to people purely based on their skin color. That's it. And it's, and it's, there was never been, you show me a bank that ever discriminated against somebody because of their skin color. You show me a bank, you show me the time, the date, the teller, you show me proof that this bank discriminated against that person and I'll admit sure look at that let's call that bank out let's call that individual out let's let's have that person exposed for what they did they'll never do that because <laughs> where is it where's the evidence you show me that person doing that no to make these these assertions to divide the public to make the public <sighs> divided and and at the same time they're all saying they're pushing harmony and they're against division I think whenever a government or a politician says they are against something, that is literally what they're pushing. People might call me colorblind. Damn straight, I'm colorblind. Every unique, every person on this planet is unique. Every person, you know, sure, they should be given the same opportunities. 100%. But not every person should be given handouts because of the color of their skin. Not every person should be given the same results because if they didn't work for it, they didn't get it. You know, why should, why should two people, if one person, you put two people on an Island, one person builds a hut, right? Say the black guy builds a hut. He, he, he makes a fire. He makes shelter and say this white guy sitting there laying in the, under the palm tree the entire time and he's doing nothing. Why should that black guy be forced to, maybe the hut's small. Maybe only fits one person, why should that black guy be forced to, uh, make a hut or, or, or give half his hut to that white guy. You know, the the skin color is not relevant. It has nothing to do with it. And the, and the fact that they imply that, you know, blacks are, you know, like it's very racist. You know, if, if anybody is truly concerned about, you know, repression and, you know, wrongdoings done against people, there is a modern slave trade happening in North Africa. You know, you're concerned about people. There's a slave trade going on right now today. Go to Haiti. A lot of bad stuff happened down in Haiti. You know, you you're concerned about you know repression of people. Go to China. You know, the Uyghurs they're they're being like whatever. You know, the Jews were collected by the Germans. You don't know, put in concentration camps. You know, the the Chinese Communist Party is collecting the Uyghurs. They are putting them in concentration camps, shaving their heads, and harvesting their organs and you, and you're concerned about, you know, other people, you know, why is this not really making the news so much, you know, because it's narrative. It's not about what's right or what's wrong. It's not about the harm done to individuals. It's about saying there's harm done to individuals to piss people off, to divide people here So that the people here don't pay attention to what's going on at Wall Street. So they don't pay attention to what's going on with the the establishment. So they don't realize that there is no upward mobility for the people, the the lowly serfs of society. There is no. And people start realizing they don't want the people to revolt. They don't want the people to get upset at them. They want the people to get upset at each other. So, I mean, and this is clearly what's going on. You know, these narratives are meant to divide Western civilization. You know, I don't know if it's meant to really weaken it. Civilization itself, there are, you know, foreign, I'm sure, uh, entities that want to see Western civilization weakened and have it replaced, you know, with some build back, better globalist, new totalitarian communist regime. But I think there are also hardcore, you know, capitalists who aren't interested in society collapsing. They're just interested in society being divided and fighting amongst themselves instead of fighting or noticing what they're doing. So there's so many different, again, levels of what's going on here. Um, but, uh, yeah. So when it comes to this build back better, you know, what these, these scumbags are doing, that's, that's one, you know, don't say, don't say anybody didn't tell you, don't say you didn't know, you know, you can, you can Google, you know, uh, uh, the United Nations. You can you can Google you know all their different plans. You can Google "build back better." You can gil, uh, Google "their uh, the Great Reset." Just Google the Great Reset and see from the official sources. Don't listen to the news because the news is calling it conspiracy theory. Yet at the same time, you know if you if you don't say it's you know it's a bad thing, then they're like, oh yeah, this is such a noble thing. We get to build back better. We get to rebuild our society. In order to rebuild your society, you need to destroy it first. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> seems to be addressing that. All right, so I've gone off on a tangent here. So let's get back to uh, manipulation. So, what manipulators will do is they'll they'll degrade you. They'll attack your self esteem. They'll try to make you feel small so that you don't have any confidence to stand up against them. You know they don't want you to be a voice of dissent. Voices of dissent are the enemy. To manipulators, of course, you know, or or anybody. Yeah, the period. That's it. Voices of dissent. So voices of dissent are so very powerful. We need to hear all the voices of dissent, even if they're wrong and they're crazy. Okay, fine. You you can assess that they're, but we need to hear them. We cannot silence voices of dissent because, you know, if somebody's being manipulated so you go to somebody's house. See, so your your uh, your sister has an abusive husband, and he's saying stuff to her. He doesn't want you. To tell her, hey, man, this is wrong. This is, you know, because he wants to keep her, you know, her self-esteem down. He wants to keep her, you know, from questioning what's going on, right? So this is the same thing, but on a larger scale. It's what, you know, these different organizations do, these different NGOs, different, you know, levels of of organizations, depending on who they are, right? They, uh, they want you to not have any self-esteem. They want you to feel small. They want to attack you, right? They want to make you, uh, you know, think you're worthless. You're stupid. Look what you made me do, man. You're responsible for what, you know, happened here because of this color of your skin, right? Or you're toxic because you're a man. Just the fact that you're a man means you're toxic, toxic masculinity, right? So, you know, and then I think there always seemed to be, there's there's a, there was anyways a uh, a movement to this anti-masculine movement to, you know, when people say suck it up, oh, how dare you say suck it up? You know, well, well, yeah, being strong is not a bad thing and it's not a masculine thing, you know, sucking it up. Well, women can't suck it up. Women can't be strong. Women can't be, you know, stoic in the face of adversity. They're supposed to crumble and embrace their feelings. Oh, no, man. Yeah. Feelings are there. You could feel feelings, but you don't allow feelings to Control you. You need to be stoic. You need to be, you know, especially in an emergency situation. You don't let yourself crumble. You're going to die. You're going to get taken control of whatever it's happening. You know, you're going to get burned alive, right? You, you got to be in control of yourself. And there's nothing wrong with being stoic. There's nothing wrong with controlling your emotions. That is what we should all be aspiring to do. And it's oddly enough that they always seem to push to, oh, uh, you know, embrace your emotions. Your emotions are so. Your emotions, sure, they're there. They're valid. You don't want your emotions to control you. This is the way of the manipulator. You don't want allow, to allow your emotions, especially in a situation. You know, if you feel emotional about something and in the heat of the moment, try to suck it up, get control of your emotions, and then deal with the situation. If you want to be emotional later on, go be emotional later on. Totally cool with that. Whatever. you know, Do what you got to do. But there is obviously nothing wrong. And in fact, that's what we should be doing is sucking it up getting control of your emotions because the manipulator wants you to be emotional. They want, they they said the exact opposite of what they, what what is best for you. And what is best for you is to have control of yourself and have control of your emotions. Going back to what, uh, voices of dissent, you know, a manipulators, or, or it depends if it's a cult or a, you know, an abusive spouse or whatever, you know, other people that they, they're not going to want you, they're going to demonize the voices of people that might talk you out, the voices of dissent that will talk you out of their narrative. You know, it could be your parents, it could be your old friends, you know, anybody outside of their cult, anybody outside of their indoctrinated group. You know what I mean? Uh, so they don't want to hear, you know, uh, voices of opposition from the outside, and they don't want you to hear voices of dissent from, from within. They also don't want you thinking, you know, ideas from within. And so that's, that's what their big challenge. They have a lot of challenges and that's why manipulation doesn't work very well on a lot of people because you <laughs> it depends on what's going on inside your head. And the, you know, the soft sciences are always making assumptions about what you're thinking and what your, you know, your stereotypes are. But obviously that's not the case. Everybody's unique. Everybody's individual. Everybody has their own experiences and their own concepts. So a lot of people, you know, may be very difficult to manipulate because they might be thinking the things they're not supposed to be thinking and the manipulators don't want you thinking things that you're not supposed to be thinking. They want you to think what they want you to think, right? Thought police. George Orwell was so ahead of his time. So a a manipulator will, will demonize any voice that will shatter their false narrative. You know, this was extremely common from religions of the past to, you know, ideological woke academia of today. So whenever somebody tells you don't listen to that guy. Listen to that guy. Whenever they tell you, don't read that book, read that book. You know, in fact, when I was a kid, that's one of the things that got me reading is they they put out this this book, this list of banned books and I, the Bible was actually on it. So I think that was one of the the impetus to get me to actually get off my ass and read the whole thing. And uh, same with, you know, and, and turn me actually away from religion. And uh, same thing with, you know, I read... You know, Mark Twain, every, every book Mark Twain wrote, I read because he was on the list. I read so much stuff that was just because it was on this banned book. Now, maybe they were trying to manipulate me into reading the stuff they didn't, you know, that I normally wouldn't have read. I don't know. But, you know, Mark Twain's a laugh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think there was even some Shakespeare. I can't remember. There was a lot of stuff, man. I think, uh, was it Conan Doyle was even, I read all of Conan Doyle. Like so many. What's that? Uh, all those old British writers. I read all their stuff. Not all because there's so many of them, right? But, uh, you know, Kim and... Uh, was it even that French guy there? A Thousand Leagues Under This? I can't remember if he was on there. I don't know. I read a lot of the stuff. But these were all... like There was a big list of banned books. So my suggestion is, if somebody tells you not to read somebody, you're you are a functioning human being. You have the capacity to discern for yourself and make your own decisions. You don't need other people to decide for you what you should, what you shouldn't read, what you should think, and what you shouldn't think. Who are they? What makes them any more special than you? You are just as, you know, reasonable, as logical. You are just as valid as them. So if you want to read something, you read it. Don't tell, don't let other people tell you what to read, what to think, right? Make up your own mind. You yeah, Suck in all the information, digest it, make up your own, you know, you're not going to agree with me. That's great no two people are going to agree on everything. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? Not everybody agrees on everything unless there is, you know, some, you know, overwhelming evidence to prove something, right? But then, even then, you know, the masses can be fooled and manipulated into believing, you know, things that are, they're wrong. You know, people talk, oh, Germany again. Yeah, look at Germany, World War II. Look at the public. The public was all fed so much propaganda, right? So, mass amounts of people can be, fed lies, and, and believe it. Another common uh, technique used by manipulators is repetition, especially if, you know, demonizing, you know, the the voices of dissent or the others or the outside group, they will use repetition, you know. Who said that? It was uh, say something loud enough, and long enough, and people will begin to believe it. You know, did you think that was, was that Hitler? Was that Goebbels? No, it was Canada's climate Barbie, environment minister Catherine McKenna. She actually said that. There's a video, you can go see her say that. So, you know, depending, you can say, well, that's out of context. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. The fact is, she said it. Now I just said it, so you can take what I said and put it out of context, right? But um, if you see the video, make up your own mind. So, uh, repetition is very common, you know, with political groups and news channels, snort, snort, short snippets out of con snort, short snippets out of context repeated over and over again, you know, with uh, an exaggerated, uh, false narrative, right? Usually it's, you know, they line up things to make it seem like this is so you can come to your own conclusions and it's, it's all about getting you emotionally involved and, and angry anger fear, you know, injustice, you know, very common. The same phrase repeated often enough will soften your resistance to it until you begin to accept it as true. Now, of course, this is not going to be the same for everybody in all situations, but generally we are all susceptible and we all hear, if we all hear something often enough and we're, you know, not really thinking about it, we're not questioning it, which is, you know, we're using heuristics or whatever. We don't have time to analyze every single thing that we hear from everybody. So that's the vulnerability, right? They keep saying things. It's just sort of in the background. It's on the back burner. You don't really pay attention to it, but then it's still there and your brain's absorbing it. And you're like, well, that's true. You know, why is it true? I don't know. It's true. Everybody knows it's true. Do they really? Just because somebody said something over and over and over again, these PR campaigns. Another technique is, uh, Intelligence dampening. Now this one, I'm, I kind of don't agree exactly intelligence dampening. I do agree with the, the one aspect, the first, I'm not even going to say, cause I think it's kind of bogus. It's all about, you know, giving you short snippets to weaken your, you know, to train you kind of crap. I don't think, I don't know, it sounds like kind of bullshit to me, but I do agree with the second half of it where they provide you with a vast amount of information in a short period of time. That's, that's overwhelming you. And it and it softens you and it depends again if it's a short if, time is critical if there's is not enough time for you to really make an assessment of what's going on and they're flooding you with all this information at such a speed they're softening you to you just to you accept whatever they're telling you to think right because it's so much information just give me the summary what, what is this good is this bad what's going on right because I'm overwhelmed with all this information that you're giving me the short period of time just tell me is it good is it bad what's what's the executive summary of what's going on. And that's what they do. And the the thing is, it's intentional for them to overload you with with too much information. You know, so if you feel that somebody's bombarding you with a flood of of, of information, you know, like uh, maybe a mortgage specialist or a, uh, you know, real estate agent, <laughs> some of these kind of scumbags, you know, if they're flooding with too much, you know, oh, don't think about it, you know, or a car salesman, oh, we're gonna give you this, we're gonna give you that. Well, what do you don't gotta do? You know, they're gonna blast you with all kinds of stuff. You know, of course, you should never you should always sleep on any kind of big decision. So you should take the, whatever information they're giving you, you know, have it written out, bring it home, analyze it, maybe have, you know, a financial person overlook it, you know, a lawyer or whatever, you know, these are the ways that you should be operating. You should never be rushed into doing things, but the, the intelligence dampening, the, the, the flooding, the data overload is a, is a tool that's used by manipulators all the time on all different kinds of levels. Now I'm not saying, you know, well, I am actually, you know, there's, there's all different kinds of levels of people that are, that do that, you know, could just be, is it unintentional? Has that ever happened? Unintentional? Does anybody ever give you too much information? Maybe I could picture a fat computer nerd, you know, an MIS, you know, showing up, oh, you're, you you did not do this right. You know, oh, you're such an idiot because you're not a nerd like me, right? So they might flood you with all kinds of useless information about the drivers and, you know, who knows what, right? The, uh, or some networking stuff or something. I don't know. They could flood you with all kinds of the crap, right? Try to make you feel stupid because they're pathetic and and they have nothing else in their life. So they try to make you feel small, but that's their goal is to try to make them feel themselves feel better, by trying to make you feel smaller. They don't have any grander, uh, goal. I wouldn't think, you know, and again, this is just a general thing. It's a stereotype about, you know, MIS. You know computer management people you know i went to school for electronics i know a lot of computer guys they were they're they were good guys they weren't like the maybe we were all nerds maybe i'm a nerd maybe that's why i didn't think they were really nerds because i'm a nerd i don't know but uh yeah so that's the stereotype right the uh, like the comic book guy right the comic book store guy it's the same as sort of like the computer nerd but uh i guess times have changed anyways uh yeah, so a lot of people will use you know a lot of these techniques you know on on you, maybe not you know for any grand purpose, but uh, it reminds me of uh, years ago I was talking to a couple guys I know, uh, I guess you could call them acquaintances, you know about uh, ethics of taking the ethics of taking advantage of vulnerable people, and the one guy said you know people are grown ups they're responsible for themselves if they get suckered that's on them. And I was like, whoa. And the other guy looked at me and he's like, what are you, an idiot? (laughs) You know, they both totally were in agreement, agreements, 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 an agreement over, you know, people who get taken advantage of are suckers and they deserve it because they should know better. You know, they only got taken advantage of, not because these guys were taking advantage of them. They got taken advantage of us because they were stupid suckers uh, they got taken advantage of it's their own. It was their fault. They got taken advantage of. And I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like literally, I like I laughed I'm like, holy fuck, are you guys serious? You know? And they were. So, you know, now I think back, you know, was I a bit naive? I don't know. You know, it's sure. Maybe, I don't know, but don't assume that people you work with, you know, or your friends or your acquaintances, you know, share your values, you know, or, or have any values for that matter, you know? So I guess the moral of that story is don't allow yourself to be at the mercy of, of others because there isn't any, (laughs) you know, the veil of society is paper thin, you know, I didn't think these guys were like that, but you know, it's interesting when you have conversations with certain people, you're like, whoa, you know, maybe, maybe the people listening to this video will agree with them and think, yeah, of course people, if you take advantage of them, it's their fault. (laughs) It's not your fault for taking advantage of them. I don't know. So another, another concept that manipulators will use is inception. Planting an idea in your mind, just like the movie, you know, it's, it's ridiculously easy to implant an idea in somebody's mind. Uh, in fact, it's just actually tough to avoid, uh, avoid putting ideas in other people's mind, you know, um, you could, you could give alternatives. Um, you could give alternatives to what you want, you know, if you're a manipulator. You give an alternative that is crappier, right? You get to give a bunch of alternatives. So you want them to do whatever you want them to go over there, right? And you, and you could say, well, if you don't go over there, there's this alternative, this alternative, and this alternative, they're all worse, right? The best option is to go over there, but they might not mention all the other alternatives that are even better, you know, or staying where you are, right? So they, they'll, they'll plant the idea in your head and by, you know, by maybe not saying go over there, or they'll just say, these are the options you know, there's that one that's the good one and these are the bad ones. They might not even say that overtly. They might just sort of give you the, the options and then there's the, you know, the better options. So then you're going to start thinking on yourself, hmm, maybe I should do that first option, you know? So, and, and it's, it's actually more powerful if, if you think you, you as the target came up with the, with the, uh, the idea yourself, you decided they just gave you the options and you decided, right? So it's your decision. So that's, It's sort of a, I don't know, it's like a reverse, form of reverse psychology. I don't know. Why did it stop? The card's full. Fuck. We had some camera issues. I can't remember what I was talking about. So uh, there was something about um, assessing your beliefs and seeing where they overlap with the narrative that they want to give you. And then they will find common ground to your belief and the narrative that they want to give you. And then they'll inch. They'll they'll stress. They'll stress the the common ground. And then they'll just, once you've established common ground, they'll try to inch you further and further away from your beliefs, or more accurately, towards their towards their narrative. You know, inch inch by inch, right? You're uh you're not meant to notice the nuance changes. At the time, this is one of the ways of how they get to reprogram people's memories in this experiment they did. But it's the same thing with other forms of manipulation change your beliefs as well as changing your, your memories. So many techniques are used during transitions the transition from what you were in the wild to what they want you to be, right? So as they're changing you, right? That's the transition time, uh, they'll assert false ideas you know assume facts as well as logical fallacies you know as well as physiological techniques there's a lot of things they can do with um depending on the situation like if you're in a in a gulag somewhere they're going to be doing a lot of other stuff as well right the manipulating your your physical state right hunger getting you tired right all these other kind of things right to weaken your your mental defenses against what they're trying to do but uh generally the the manipulator will never mention pennings, they might, but generally they won't mention the specific idea. They'll dance around the idea and offer clues and, and guideposts for, you know, that even an idiot will will come to the conclusion that they want you to, right? And that that's more powerful if you come to the conclusion on your own without them actually telling you something, you know. Uh, so at first, you know, uh, they might be subtle and, and implied and slow uh, you know, a good manipulator will be patient, right? Depending on the situation, they may not have the opportunity to, they may not have the luxury of time. So okay, this is such again, broad strokes, depending on, we don't know what the situation is here, but you know, uh, the, the idea is that eventually the, the concept that the manipulator wants will form in the target's head, right? Could be why you, why they, you know, if it's sales thing, they might, why, or, you know, why you, why you should be buying this thing, right? They want you to whatever. And again, depending on the situation, they actually might mention what, you know, uh, what is logical and true that is contradictory to what they want you to think. If they feel that you're, if you're going down that road, right, if you're, if they see doubt in your eyes and they might say, you know, well, only this is, there's this, you know, this concept here, you know, that they're not going to say that you might be thinking, but they'll be saying, you know, The bad people think this, you know. Only bad people think that. That that's a bad thing. You shouldn't be thinking that. We want you to think this, you know. (laughs) They won't literally say that, but you know what I mean? It'll be like they might give you a a concept or, or or a a way of looking at things that a rational person would look at, you know, that is logical and true, and they'll they'll try to frame that as, you know, evil. That's what the bad people do. Don't think that, right? So that's something else to watch out for, right? So, you know, obviously not everybody's a mind predator, right? Uh, but once you start looking and, and realizing certain narratives that don't make sense, you know what I mean? If you start actually questioning it, well, what's the full story here? What is, you know, you'll you'll see it a lot more. And, and if things don't make sense, what they might do is they might give you just little bits of information so that you fill the gaps with your own assumptions for it to make sense. Because our brains want things to make sense. So if, if there's something that's, wrong. If you heard all the facts and you'd say, wow, that's wrong. They might just give you a couple bits out of context leading towards, well, they, they must've meant this. That must've been because of that. That must be because of that. That's what would make the most sense to me. Right? So you fill it with your own values, right? So a lot of times it's within the manipulator's You know uh, best interest to not give you the full story in fact when is it actually within their interest to give you the full story never right if they're trying to manipulate you and you know so it's uh if somebody's not giving you these give you fragments and small bits sometimes not more information is known right but sometimes they intentionally do that so you fill the gaps well that just must be this that just must be that i'm going to assume that that's what they want you to do to assume it because everyone's assumptions are different and everybody is if everybody fills it in with their own assumptions that fits their own values they don't even have to say it they just give you a sprinkling like that's an aspect of being a good writer if you want to write a book not to say that i'm a good writer but you know i've read books on how to write and uh the idea is to not pin things down too definitely you want people to use their own imaginations to fill in the story, right? To fill in the setting. You don't want to, you know, give total, you know, descriptions of everything down to the the button on their shirt, right? That's, then there's, there's, you know, there's nothing left for your imagination and it's not as personal. It's not as, you you know, uh, personal to that person who's reading the story. If they have to fill it in, then they're going to be using uh, references from their own life, which is going to make that book uh, uh, contact them, Contact them, touch them, uh, on a deeper level, right? That's more personal to them. So that that's sort of a secret of you know being a good writer is having that technique. So uh, um, a manipulator, you know, will 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 do these same techniques as well, right? Yeah. So again, to summarize a little bit, uh, the the thing to watch out for journalism is unfounded just assertions. They just say things. And they'll say like motivations, that's a major one. If they say they were motivated by this, well, unless the person says, they should show a video of the person saying they were motivated by that. In that case, I'll say, okay, that's what that person says their motivation was. But if a reporter, a third party, you know, is is making wild assertions about their motivations to try to push a narrative, it happens all the time, every day, every day, turn the news on, you'll see that. Or repetition over and over and over. Now, now I know the news cycle, right? But sometimes they'll they'll stress certain stories. And you know, in the world, there's there's billions of people, so there's billions of stories happening every second. Yet they'll they'll pick certain sto- stories over and over and over again that fit their narrative. So I mean, if if you have a a, a basket full of multicolored balls, and you pick out just the red balls and you show everybody the red balls, they'll say, wow, that basket's just full of red balls. No, it's not. The basket's full of every color ball there is. But if they're only showing you all the red balls, and that's what that's what a lot of the times they do because they they can distort the news by the stories they tell you by choosing which stories they tell you and which stories they don't tell you. And they don't tell us a lot of stories because, I mean, you can go and you can find information in some obscure local newspaper somewhere that doesn't make it into the Why isn't this? This is a big story. You know what I mean? All kinds of stuff. And I think that's... One of the reasons why they want to sort of shut down the internet, right? they want to control the narrative on the internet. So, you know, the the goal of actual news is supposed to be to inform and enlighten people by giving them the facts in, in context. Now, you know, with framing, they can't give you all the information, you know, but There there should be an honest attempt, and I don't think that's happening. I think, in fact, the very opposite is happening, is they're intentionally taking things out of context and distorting them to push a false narrative in order to deceive you and me, right? You think about same with teaching. The goal of of, uh, proper education is to teach us uh, how to think, not what to think, right? Now, that's one thing... I had this, this history teacher, Mr. Owens, I I had a lot of respect for this guy, but he would teach us stuff like dates on this day, this happened this day, this happened. Right. So that's, that's a bit of, you know, what to think, right? I don't think he was trying to manipulate us. In fact, the, 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 the opposite is true with that guy. I, I tried to pin him down on how he voted and, uh, he would not, he wouldn't give an inch, you know, uh, you know, he said, you know, you, you need to decide for yourself you know, how you vote, you know, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even let me influence, you know, your opinion on, you know, which way to vote. Right. So even as a young idiot teenager, you know, uh, you know, here in my respect, you know, and, and I doubt there are too many teachers out there today. Maybe there is, I mean, I don't know, but, uh, you know, he was unbiased, impartial, impartial and, and, uh, you know, professional, but, uh, he did, he did also teach, I mean, how do you teach history? I mean, a lot of stuff, this date, this happened, this, I mean, how can you get around that? I mean, you could have more interesting narrative, you know, but if the if the information's not there, it's just not there, right? We don't know what happened. So you can only give the facts that you know. Yeah, so if you think about, you know, a lot of this might just be harmless. You know, advertisers, oh, it's harmless for advertisers to, you know, do their little, you know, persuasion. Isn't that cute? You know, well, you think of the, the impact of the the diamond industry was it De Beers or one of those guys that came up with uh, you need to pay what was it like four months salary you know for an engagement ring you know this is the result a hundred percent of of an ad campaign by a diamond company to make you buy diamonds so it made the women think hey he should be spending that much money on me and it made the poor schmucks thinking well I got to spend that much money right how does a diamond help. Help the, the, the woman receiving the ring. You know, she can get a ring. It's a symbol. Does it have to have a gigantic fucking diamond on it? Well, according to De Beers, it does. Because if you have a giant diamond on it, then they're getting more money, right? So who, is, who came up with that idea, right? There's, there's actually, I think you could pin down the actual dude who came up with the, the, the idea of, you know, so many months salary on an engagement ring. But before that, engagement rents weren't, weren't even a thing. You know, there was a wedding ring. Right. You got married and you had just a, a ring around your finger, you know, as a symbol, you know, that you're attached. Right. But this the whole diamond. That was a whole nother thing. Right. So that's the the effect that advertising, advertising campaigns can have on the public, you know, making people spend more money they can afford, you know, on, uh, useless things like diamond rings. Right. I fell for it. I bought my wife a diamond ring. Right. Anyways, but and, and same with Mother's Day, right? They came up with the concept of, you know, buying your mother that you try to use guilt, you know, buy your mother a, you know, a card, you know, Hallmark, whoever came up with that day, you know, just to sell more cards, right? Some people might say it's genius. Oh, you know, what's the harm? You know, you give your mother a card once a year. Yeah, sure. You know, but it's still, you're being manipulated. You know, how do, how does it? how does it benefit you to spend so many months' salary to buy a diamond ring? Like that is, I see that as a negative, right? People could be spending that money, especially that time when you're getting married. Typically you need that money for other things, you know, house down payments or back in the day when people could afford to buy houses. Even, even, even these two stories or, or examples are pretty benign. You know, they're not really evil, all right? But, you know, they are a little... Because it's just about you giving them more money. They're manipulating you into getting more money. But if a more malevolent, malevolent force was out to try to, you know, gain power over society and and the control of human will, you know, that, that, that's a power that's vastly greater than money alone. And, and it may be necessary to keep the public from looking behind the curtain to keep that power. So I think a lot of that kind of stuff is going on too, right? Especially with you know 2008, and now you know with the 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 crunches that are coming. You know, with the government's overspending and the, the pressure on inflation, and you know the, all the the large corporations and all the billionaires are you know thirty forty percent you know gain in you know in value and, and wealth when everybody below that is losing money, right? Or, or, you know, losing their businesses or, you know, all kinds of stuff that's going on this is during COVID, this video that I'm making here. So a lot of people are, you know, but all the, the big billionaires, you know, the wealthiest to 1%, they're, they are making money hand over fist. How do you figure that? This is the biggest wealth, uh, you know, uh, exchange from, from the middle class and the poor to the 1%, you know, and, and it seems to be. It's getting worse, right? So it's, uh, there's, there's a potential for collapse of society or society, at least, you know, being, you know, people talk about civil war in the States. Well, I think there's potential for, you know, uh, mass revolt that you see a bunch of little tiny, you know, people protesting and stuff. But I mean, if this keeps getting worse and worse and worse, there's potential for, uh, social disharmony, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, another tool that's used by uh, manipulators is, uh, well, again, there's, there's different types of manipulators, of course, right? But the removal of self-awareness and responsibility. Now, I started talking about this a little bit earlier, but this this is a this is a core tool used by collectivists on the new left. Now, I don't want to smear all people on the left side of the spectrum as you know being douchebags. But there's a a new left, this whole woke intersectional left, it's different from the traditional left, just like the new liberals are, the new liberal movement is different than the traditional liberals. Traditional liberals are about free speech, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, free, like, like free everything, free free will to do what you want to do, independence. Whereas now the, the new sort of liberals and the new left, they're all about, you know, censorship control, you know, and, and the smearing of people, you know. And anyway, so the, uh, according to the, the, this, the, you, you see this, that an individual of their group now i've I've seen this literally you can you can google this back with all the antifa and black lives matter protests and stuff like that they will argue that an individual of their group is not responsible for the no so the group so the group the group is not respon. their collective is not responsible for the actions of an individual so at a riot if there's you know some people from their group who starts burning down businesses or if there's members of the group that murder somebody because they're wearing the wrong hat or, you know, they they support the wrong politician, you know, they murder them, then they'll argue that the group is not responsible for the actions of a few individuals, even if there's a lot of individuals who were rioting and burning and, and, you know, doing a lot of vandalism and damage. And perhaps even a great majority of the videos were a great majority of the individuals were doing that, but they'll say the collective, the group is not responsible for the action of all those individuals. Right? So you can almost see, okay, well that kind of makes sense. Yet at the same time, the same group will argue that the collective of the enemy is responsible for any actions of an individual that they assign to that group you know, an action that may or may not have happened hundreds, you know, hundreds of years ago, decades ago, you know, last week, doesn't matter, you know, and and you don't have any choice about being in that collective group of the enemy or not. If they assign you to be in this collective group of the enemy, right, you are responsible because you are in the collective that they assign you to be in. Whereas, you know, for something that even if say somebody did do something wrong, you know. They'll put you in that group and say you're responsible because somebody in that group that we just put you in is responsible. Yet they'll argue that their group is not responsible for what 70% of their people actually did during riots. Like, I mean, this is, this is, you have to see how this is logically insane. They're, they're, (laughs) you know, they don't hold the same standards for other people. So it's a removal of self-awareness. They are not self-aware. And, or, and, and trying to shirk all responsibility. Now, could this be, you know, pathetic juveniles? Sure, you know. Uh, oh, fucking battery's going down again. That's really quick. All right, so hopefully we can get this up before the battery dies. So uh, another technique that the uh, manipulators will do is they'll uh, tell you that your instincts or your reasoning is wrong without, you know, going into how, you know, the reasoning is wrong. Cause they don't like talk about reasoning. They like to talk about just vague generalities and emotions, right? So they'll say, don't trust your gut. You know, uh, we know better, you know, you can't know, right? Even though we've never met you, we know more about you than you know about you, you know, because of our woke bigoted stereotype, you know, we need, you need you need our wisdom to guide you. You're you're either part of our collective, you know, for what we stand for, or you're the enemy, you know. And I think that is is loaded language, you know. I love how they do this all the time in the, in the Orwellian fashion of opposites. Like they'll 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 label a group the opposite of what it actually is. Like the anti-fascists. Yeah. So they'll like the 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 anti-fascists are. Hardcore fascists. They use, you know, violence for a political end. Yeah, sure, they're left-wing versus, you know, the traditional fascists of Italy that were right-wing. What's the difference? You know, they're, 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 they're globalists, you know, whereas the, you know, the traditional fascists were nationalist. But other than that, they're the same thing, man. They're using violence for a political end. They're totalitarian. They do not tolerate voices of dissent. So this is the new fascism. Right. So they are hardcore fascists and anti-racist groups, you know, are actually bigoted racists, you know, basing all their judgments on stereotype, <laughs> you know, or, or the United nations, you know, the human rights, right. You know, they, they, they literally, you know, they've, they, they've raped so many vulnerable women and girls or sexually exploited them, you know, for, you know, in exchange for food and support. In, in these, you know, in desperate, uh, scenarios, you know, this is, you know, it's happened in Haiti, the Congo, South, Central African Republic, um, or the, the African union has done this in Somali, but it's so bad that the union, the UN, the UN has established, a, a trust fund and programs, you know, for psychological care for victims of children fathered by UN rapists. <laughs> like, think about that. The UN has a program for children who were fathered by UN rapists. That's how, and, and the UN is, you know, oh, the UN human rights, oh, they're such a good, you know, yay, globalism. These guys are going around raping uh, young women and girls or, you know, sexually exploiting them in exchange for food or support. Hey, You know, I know your, your village was just destroyed, but you know, if you want to survive, you want some water and food, you better come over here and, you know, do the dirty with these soldiers here. Like it's, this is the United Nations. Good grief. Yay. Globalism, you know? So on that note, I think I'm going to do my next, my next video on, uh, uh, physical abuse by manipulators, thought stopping, inoculation, radicalization, So like, subscribe or leave a comment. Take care. See you next video.